0: The following conversation originally aired on The Point on KPOV eighty eight nine FM High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon, airing weekdays at nine a.m. The Point is a half hour locally produced show focusing on people and events in Central Oregon. Hi, Jen. It's great to be able to be with you today. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes, Jen Sawyer. I have seen a lot of posts from you on Next Door. And I am very, very interested in learning more about the kind of work you do. You and I first knew each other through our neighborhood associations because we both have served on the boards of those. But you have some outside interests and a business that is very much environmentally concerned and active. So I'd like
1: you to explain a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. Well, first and foremost, I'm born and raised in Bend, OG Bendite for sure. And I am a photographer. I do macro floral landscape and insect photography, a little bit of astro as well. And I sell my prints and a portion of the proceeds goes towards a community seed bank. And the seeds are are a diversity of drought tolerant flowers that do well in this area some native, some naturalized, and the seeds are available to the community to use to restore pollinator habitat and rewild their, their landscape.
0: Okay. Oh, that's great. And your business, as you said, is something that you, you do to help the environment. Your business is called what?
1: Go hive yourself. I was a, a beekeeper I still am a beekeeper. I, I've changed directions on on how I do my beekeeping, so more honeybee conservation than anything. But my company is called Go Hive Yourself. It's a little play on words. Um, yeah, yeah, we're just out here trying to get more diverse flora in the ground for pollinators. So
0: a little bit more information about your business, Go Hive Yourself. Do you have a web page that you use to forward this? business?
1: Yeah. So it's just gohiveyourself.com. And then I do most of, most of my work is on Instagram because it's photography based. I I like the platform of Instagram being able to use pictures to tell a story. So that's where I'm most active. I do also have a Facebook page, but to be quite honest, I'm not a huge fan of Facebook (laughs) platform. So I'm not, it's there. But it's not very active, and I just joined the, the TikTok community, which is completely oh, foreign to me. But
0: yeah, I'm try
1: it. Um, well, t-
0: TikTok and Instagram are really big players.
1: Yeah, with the children, and that's kind of I think we need to start having this conversation with with the children because they it's easier to have a conversation with them about pollinator habitat and the simplicity of it versus having that conversation with some very jaded adults and how they (laughs) perceive landscape to be. Absolutely. And because your business is
0: called Go Hive Yourself, I'm going to assume that your focus really is on bees and not so much necessarily on birds and butterflies. Are they just kind of a periphery sort of thing for you?
1: Oh no, it's all of it. So I, I started out uh, with goals and aspirations of doing pollination services and having a very small fleet of, of hives that I would go take to just this area. And then as I started to research, you know, the plight of honeybees, it led into, you know, this entire plummet of, of insects that we're experiencing. It doesn't get a lot of airplay Because, you know, a lot of people think of insects as these creepy crawly things, but they're so important to our environment and how it all ties into the the birds that roam our skies and the soil ecology. So it's all just one big umbrella of how we can better coexist, even in an urban environment, to help support the diversity of the ecology that surrounds us.
0: So oh, it's really a holistic approach to the environment and ecology where you have to consider every single part of it and not just one thing.
1: Right, right. It's all connected. The soil is connected to honeybee health. The floral health is connected to overall pollinator health. And then the birds come into play because they eat what's in the soil and they eat the insects. And the it's about, uh, I call it a crusade for balance, You know, trying to restore a level, a level of balance should be a really good goal for a lot of us. Absolutely.
0: And one of the things that I've discovered most recently is there truly is a way that we can help support balance in the environment by things that are pretty simple that we do in our own yard that runs very counterintuitive to what you see a lot of people doing.
1: Right. We could, in effect, start this summer and create a huge impact on pollinator health. The simple act of not mowing and planting wildflower species because that's instantaneous mm-hmm. that'll happen this year and that starts down the path of of building you know the reeds and the stalks for twig nesting pollinators bringing in predators you know the a lot of wildflower species help to detox the soil there's actually a lot of weeds around here quote-unquote weeds that help detox the soil like lamb's quarter and so oh. Taking that, that first step of looking at landscape as, as it's not yours, it does not belong to you. It belongs to a variety of creatures and simple, like literally the simplest act of not mowing and not using pesticides nor fertilizers, it can start down a really, really incredible path of, of rewilding and and making sure we incorporate these things. Right. I've read either just
0: yesterday or today that the environmentalists encourage you not to start mowing even in May of the year, that that is an important time of the year to leave our yards dormant because that is when a lot of the larvae are coming out and, and there's a lot of food for birds. There. A lot of
1: food. A lot of food and the spiders start to kite out of the ground. So they'll, they'll come up and they'll throw their cast their web out and go kiting across the sky. And I, we stopped mowing and edging about six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And what has happened is the grass, the blades of the grass actually create a lot of moisture and dew. So it ends up watering itself and the insects come and they drink the dew off of the the morning grass. And it does get, knee high, but it stays lush and green pretty much all summer. And I do, I do have to sometimes water it maybe once a week just to get that deep root watering going. But it has been such a joy watching what has happened in our yard and the amount of life that is now in our yard by just being lazy. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
0: and what some people might perceive as being lazy.
1: Right. But it's really, it's, it's really not, it's a journey of, of, you know, kind of restoring this, this peace that we seek when we go out to the forest or we go out to the ocean, like you can have it in your backyard. Plus it cuts down on noise pollution. And I'm Mm -hmm. not, we're not giving any more money to fuel by having gas powered mowers and edgers and, and any of that. And it's, You know, humans are really weird about their, their work ethic. And they think that the more, more we work, the better we are. But I just want to, I just want to sit in my yard and and drink a cup of tea and watch all the bees. And it's very, it's very peaceful.
0: Right. Yes. I, I saw something that was pretty entertaining on next door. And I don't remember who posted it, but it was supposed to be a conversation between a homeowner. And I think it was supposed to be God talking about how am I taking good care of this? And, and it was like, Hey, this is nuts because you spend a a lot of money watering and then you cut it down and then fertilize it and do all this stuff to try to make it grow again, just to cut it down again. And, and it was, it was really, I thought, yes, that's exactly how humans have approached taking care of their yards and all around us.
1: Yeah, it's, A crazy sort of thing of control, you know, and I, what I'm asking the community to do is is take a step back and focus on nurture versus control. And it's not just like, you know, the the thing that I like to have a conversation with people about pesticides and fertilizers, it's not just the application of it. It's the manufacturing of it too. The Mm. manufacturing (laughs) of it is awful for the planet. And, you know, if we, if we start to take these steps right now, you know, it's not an overnight process. Oh, right. You got to really kind of commit to some patience and putting yourself in the position of an observer and learner. But if we start now in a decade, you know, it could make a major difference. Right. And when,
0: when there are all these programs that are focusing on 2030, some people might think, oh my gosh, talk about lagging around about doing something, but it really does take time for these, mm-hmm. these things to be implemented and then show up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, if you're advocating for a change through local government, you know, I could talk to my neighbors and convince my neighbors like today. But if we're wanting to actually make a change through advocacy and into the local government, then that's going to take time. And advocacy is another
0: one of those offshoots of what you're doing, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Tell us about that.
1: So I am community outreach for old farm district neighborhood association. I've been in my position for two and a half years. I don't remember everything is Uh together, but yeah, I'm working through, you know, learning how the process works, learning how local process works, how, who the players are, how the, the chess game is played and then using that to move the needle on how we, you know, for, for example, change the, the landscape code and get developers to, instead of putting down turf, put down native native habitat, like restore native habitat and holding people accountable for that decision-making process and taking a look at the tree code and amending the tree code to preserve more of our ponderosa pines. There's lots of work to be done here. and I, And I believe there's a lot of power with the people is it? it is one of those moments It's a power, power to the people sort of moment, the more folks we have getting involved in this type of local decision making, you know, the more power we have, we can get right. united about it. You know? Right.
0: So you're doing this basically through your neighborhood association, old farm.
1: Yes, and I'm also like I, I just poke people in general about about their yards. I have two neighbors that have very lovingly let me take over their yard and do this <laughs> revegetation process of letting the weeds go and weeds, quote unquote, and using those the the vegetation that comes up to build habitat to bring in pollinators. So I I do a bit of work through the neighborhood association. And I also do like a bit of work on my own accord with my business. So it's Uh kind of a uh, multifaceted poking.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I used to have a dog sitting business and because of having dogs in my backyard, I I have not used fertilizer or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, things like that for a number of years. And It was funny because when people would see it, they would, they would exclaim about how green my backyard was. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: it was simply because it was left to be. And of Mm -hmm. course they said, oh, it's because you have all those dogs, you know, running around in the backyard and doing what they do. But I think it truly did have to do with getting, getting the soil underneath the yard to be healthy. And so that's, that is an important part. Let it be.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. The soil needs a lot more of our focus uh-huh. than, than what we, than what we think. It's so important to the overall health of everything. And, you know, if you really want to, want to boost your yard, like nurture the soil, feed it. It's an organism. It needs to eat. It needs to eat green manure. It needs to eat compost. Like there's so many things that we can do to nurture the, pretty much the foundation of all life. Right. One of the,
0: the mantras that I hear over and over, especially in the fall and throughout the winter into the spring is leave the leaves. Yeah, totally.
1: It, totally. Yeah. Because
0: that, that gives like a mulch layer to things and it, it protects things, but it also gives a home for all the eggs and larva in the spring and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, that is so vitally important to the the cycle. Uh, leaving your leaves, and you know, I've even leaving your pine needles. I've found a way to to use them. If you let them build up long enough, they they start to compress and decompose, and you can mm-hmm. add certain amendments at certain times of the year, and and use that duff to build build soil. And I've got a lot of plants growing in, in pine needle duff right now. And it's, uh-huh. just, yeah, there's lots of things we can do differently and, sure. and make the soil better. There's one other
0: thing that I have learned in the past year. And that is, there are two very distinct kinds of bees that are around here. Some of them called mason bees, and also the, the honeybees that live in hives. So we've got a couple of minutes here. You can tell us a little bit about the differences in those.
1: Yeah, actually. So honeybees are not native to America. They were brought over, I think it was 1600s or 1700s, but they have since become naturalized. So we have people within the UGB that keep bees. I have an active hive right now. Um, And then we have wild honeybees that have kind of made their way around different cavities and whatnot in the UGB. And then we have, not only mason mason bees, but we have an incredible variety of all season native pollinators. So we have our spring pollinators and we have our summer pollinators. Masons are part of the spring pollination crew. They should be out right now. It's been really chilly. So they don't like to come out when it's super chilly, but they're, you know, they only have like six weeks where they're out and pollinating and mating and building their nests. And so, you know, when, when we have the conversation of leaving your things, right, it's really important to leave things all the way through summer because they, they have these varying emerging times. So instead of cleaning our yards, if we can get into the habit of letting things fall and build and create habitat, then it really makes a huge difference for, for the native pollinators all the way through fall.
0: Right, look outside ourselves to have a good ecology around us. So, right, right, Jen, it has been so great to get to talk with you. If people want to contact you, what kind of information can you give us for for people to make that contact and become involved?
1: Yeah, I'm always posting on Nextdoor. I'm my name is Jen Sawyer. You can, I think, you can look up people on Nextdoor, and you can contact me through that. I am on Instagram you can contact me through instagram i my number is 541-647-7566 you can contact me there you can contact me through email go at gmail.com i am on facebook i do occasionally check my my messages on facebook so you can contact <laughs> me through there yeah a lot of different ways
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for this great information. I would like to keep in touch to give people ideas throughout the year so that we can make sure we really do get a a community of people who are interested in helping our environment.
1: Very good. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the High Desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.